Welcome to the Go Lead Everything podcast. Do you aspire to become the best leader you can be? Then come along with me and GLE. Faith, love, integrity, courage. Four key values of great leaders all around the world. I'm Phil Swanson, and I'm on a mission to bring you leaders from all walks of life and arm you with the tools and mindset to lead effectively in whatever you are called to do. Are you ready? Because it's time to go lead everything. What is going on, everybody? Man, I got a great guest for you today. Real cool cat for the GLE Network. This guy is an owner of Real Estate Redesigned, and they specialize in both commercial properties and residential real estate. Had a partner of his, Dominic Lee, on the show a couple weeks back, and he recommended Scott and I hook up. I was real impressed with Dominic, young entrepreneur with some really great mindset, and I know we're going to hear some more from Scott today. Scott Wheaton, welcome to GLE. Thanks so much, Phil. I'm excited to be here. This is uh, you know, why we do this, is we want to help other people. And uh, I know you got a lot of great listeners, so hopefully we'll be able to get something from this conversation. Heck yeah, man. I'm glad to have you on. So Scott, let's go back. Let's hear the story. I know Dominic kind of alluded to it a little bit when we chatted, but uh, you know, yeah. help the audience understand how you guys got hooked up and what led you down the path of entrepreneurship to real estate redesign and what it is today. Yeah. So there's a couple different ways I could go about this, but I guess I'm just going to jump back into the past a bit and kind of talk about how I was raised and things like that. Cause that's really where my entrepreneurship came from. Um, I was raised by a single mom who is an entrepreneur. She owns a alteration shop. So she tailors clothes and that was out of our house. So when I was growing up, I mean, even as a super young kid, I was surrounded by somebody who owned their own business. And there were times, you know, where her business wasn't super profitable. She was just running it on her own. And there were times where, you know, we were financially hurting a little bit and I'd be like, mom, why don't you just, you're, you have a nursing certification. Like, why don't you just go become a nurse? And she's like, if I did that, you guys would probably never see me. I would lose a lot of the freedom that comes along with owning your own business. And I'm really passionate about what I'm doing. And so like, that was just always engraved in my head that this is uh, entrepreneurship gives you a lot of freedoms. And so that was kind of the way I saw it from a young age. And so then as I got older as a kid, I mean, with the single mom raising my sister and I, there, like I said, there were some financial challenges. So, you know, once I was about 12 or 13, those expenses start stacking up. You know, you want to go play sports and, you know, getting all outfitted for sports is really expensive. So I was like, I took it on myself. I felt a responsibility as a capable young man. I was like, I need to figure out a way for me to go make money. Like, that's just the reality of it. Like, I need to do this because my mom will cover every expense for me, but I don't want her to. I want to find a way for myself to pay for these things. And so, and that also gave me a way to, you know, never have her say no because of money, because I was the one paying for it. So it gave me a certain freedom. And so I knew what I could do. And what I could do was I was mowing my mom's lawn. So I was like, I bet if I just knock on every neighbor in my neighborhood's door, I'll get a couple lawns. Ended up getting like seven or eight lawns when I was about 12, would just walk around my neighborhood with my mower, my weed whacker and my leaf blower doing it once a week, make 30 bucks a lawn. You know, I just realized really quick, I was like, I can make good money doing this. And I'm really good at talking to people. I'm really good at creating relationships where they trust me. And I work my butt off. I'm going to make sure that I'm always there on time and that I'm doing a better job than the big companies. 
even as a young kid. And so I started having a lot of like respect for myself and getting respect from these clients because, you know, I was the only sixth grader out there that was running a small business. And that every year, it you know, it grew and got to the point where when I was in high school, I had like 50 accounts. So every week I was mowing 50 lawns. Wow. Yeah. And this was, I was also obviously in school and I had football practice. So, so this is I'd just come, you. Yeah. And this was just me at that time. Dang. And so I would come from football practice. I'd have my cleats on and I'd go mow 50 lawns a week. And so that broke down to being about 10 lawns a day. And I was banging them out. I'll tell you that much. I'm sure some of the neighbors weren't super happy when I was mowing at 8.30, 9 p.m. But I got them <laughs> the all done. brother. Happy. I know. And so and that taught me. I was like, wow, I'm like making a lot of money for somebody who doesn't really have that many expenses outside of, you know, my, the things I want to do. Yeah. And so I just kept expanding on that idea. And I was like, wow, like I'm a very capable person starting from, you know, baseline, like whatever I want to do, if I start out in a career where I have the ability to control where I go with it, I'm going to be very successful. Mm -hmm. So then I went to MSU because I was a Hazlitt student. All of these schools that are top schools in our area are college prep. I think that's pretty well known, but everybody in the community basically just expects you if you're, you know, a capable student to go to one of the big schools. So I followed suit, went to MSU and continued with my lawn service. And I brought on a business partner. We got it up to about 70 accounts a week and was able to pay for most of my school that way. And one of the first things that got me interested in real estate was actually through this lawn service. And I started mowing for a guy who had a bunch of multifamily properties in downtown Lansing. And one day he pulls me aside and he's like, I can tell you're an entrepreneur. And like, I wish I had a mentor when I was your age to help me get these things started quicker. Yeah. But he's like, you need to start reading some books about investing in real estate. So he gave me like a stack of books. One of them was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. You know, everybody's read that. Yeah. But there was some really good knowledge in there. And especially coming from somebody who didn't really have a lot of like wealth knowledge. Like, I didn't really know that I could become a wealthy person. I didn't really have anybody tell me that. I didn't have anybody in my family who was a wealthy person. So that idea had never really come to my brain up until this point. So I start reading some of these books, listening to podcasts, watching people's videos. You know, there are some amazing people who are creating great content for people that are interested in any topic. Mm -hmm. But this one was one I really latched onto. I was like real estate investing. Like everybody who talks about it has such a huge passion for it. They talk about the wealth that you can create for generations. Mm -hmm. You get passive income. So you can be working on other things while you're working on this. And I'm kind of a serial entrepreneur at this point. Like I really, I want to be able to have my hands in a lot of different things. And sure. this is one of those things that you can, you know, really do other things while you're focusing on it. So that was kind of the first introduction I had to the, the real estate investing thing. So I was immediately like, you know, when you're a freshman in college, you start thinking, what am I going to do with my life? Like that is the real question that hits you. Mm -hmm. And you're spending a whole lot of money while you're thinking about it. So I was really drilling down on it. I was like, okay, I'm paying for my college with my own money right now. I need to know what I want to do with this. So I started meeting with uh, some realtors and some real estate investors. And one of the funniest things that happened to me was I actually joined a fraternity my freshman year at MSU. And I could tell that I had a lot of different values and perspective than most of the people there. But that was kind of the fun part. It's like you want to be in an environment where you're with different people. And so I ended up going to a party with some friends in Detroit. 
and one of their dads was like pulled up outside and it was at their parents' house, obviously. And he pulls up in a Maserati and I'm like, Oh man, like as a young guy, who's really motivated in money. I'm like, this, this guy does something amazing. Like, I don't know what he does, but that's just like the richest I could imagine at that time. And so during the party, everybody's like down in the basement and stuff. And I'm sitting upstairs with his dad and I'm just talking to his dad the entire time. I'm like, what do you do? And he's like, well, I'm actually a real estate investor. And immediately I was like, okay, I'm not going downstairs. I'm going to enjoy this conversation because right. that's what I was really passionate about. And so he's like, yeah, I invest in like commercial properties and I've done really well for myself. It's been an amazing career. I really enjoy it. And so I was like asking about how he got started. And he was like, well, I actually uh, I got started as a realtor. And I was like, that's an interesting idea. I guess learn everything about what you're planning on investing in before you do. Sure. And I was like, well, where did you do your undergrad? And he was like, oh, I went to MSU for a year and then dropped out. And I was like, <laughs> dude, you're preaching my language right now. I was like, I'm, I'm paying for my own school. I hate it. I've always hated school. And I was like, this is an opportunity where I could get exactly where I know I want to be without doing all the crap I don't want to do and putting myself into a ton of debt. Right. And so Immediately after that conversation, I went and took my, or I guess first I started calling a bunch of realtors in town and I was like, Hey, can I just chat with you? I want to hear what this is like. Called probably 10, 10 top producers in the area. And like two of them met with me, one of whom ended up being the team lead at the team I joined. But he was like, so when I met with him, I was like, so what are the requirements? Like, what do I got to do to get this started? Cause I know I'm going to be good at this. I just got to figure out how I get in the door. And he was like, really just got to get your license and then I'll bring you on. Like I can tell you'd be good at this. I can tell you're driven. Yeah. And so I went and got my license like three weeks later, called him back and I was like, Hey, I want to come work for you. So he brought me on. That's where I met Dominic and Dominic and I spent every single day, evening, weekend, night in that office. And it was a life changing experience. But as soon as I was there, I knew that that was my path. I was like, this is it. Like it just felt right. And so the next week dropped all my classes at MSU. I was like, I'm the type of person who I know I've learned through my life that when you have, when you make commitments to yourself and you, you actually fulfill them and you live up to them, mm -hmm. then it creates this type of confidence in, inside you where you're like, there's no risk to, to betting on yourself. You know, like when you, when you take the time to make a plan, and you take the time to put in the work and accomplish the things that you say you're going to, it's not seen as a risk to yourself. So I didn't even look at this as a risk. I was like, this is an opportunity. Mm -hmm. So I jumped into this full force, put in everything I could. Dominic and I would be there till about 7.38 every night, just cold calling people. And it was super fun. It was like the entrepreneurship that I was expecting. Yeah. So, um, you know, at that point we started brainstorming and picking apart the team. I think I'm a little bit more analytical than he is. And he's a little bit more visionary than I am. So that together has just worked out so perfectly. But what we did is while we were on that team and we were spending those late nights in the office, we'd start really breaking down the processes of the team we were on. And we were like, you know, there's some real inefficiencies here. And there's some things that we think are really holding back this business. And so we took those to the head of the team and he didn't really, you know, have the time, effort or ambition to deal with any of them. And we were like, well, I guess we got to start our own thing and use these principles that we're learning and these uh, take these inefficiencies that we see. And as we're building out the system for this business, let's avoid those and let's tackle those head on 
So we know we're not going to run into the same things we've already seen fail. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of our entrance to starting real estate redesigned. And then of course the fun came where we were actually building it out while we were on the team and we had to be so secretive about it because we would probably get fired if we knew that we were building out a team while we were on his. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. also we got creative and we got to be using that creativity and inspiration to really build something out. And we were maybe 20 when we started building this out. Wow. So it was super exciting. And looking at some of the other entrepreneurs, even across the country, I think we we're at such a blessed time where we have podcasts and we have people who want to go share what they're doing because that was a lot of the inspiration for us. Like we met with people who we saw in podcasts who were 23, 24 and had done what we wanted. Mm-hmm. And they were just, they'd give us the best advice possible. They'd be like, don't wait, don't do anything like quit hitting the brakes, quit being scared, go start your team because every minute that you guys give up and then that you stay on this team holds you back. And so we got some great advice from people. We took a leap of faith mm-hmm. actually right at the beginning of COVID we decided it was a great time for us to start a business. <laughs> Perfect so we left the team. I know we left the team we were on and we're like, let's do this. Yeah. And so, but I mean, even though COVID and all the like shutdowns and stuff at first, we were terrified. We were like, what did we just do? Like mm-hmm. we just got rid of all guaranteed income and decided to pour a bunch into something. But that gave us the time, you know, the world works in mysterious ways. That sure. time period gave us so much time to work on systems and processes so yep. that when things ramp back up, we already had the whole foundation laid for our business. So um, during COVID, we were able to really build it up and get things started. And then we're here about a year later and we've got everything set up. We're working on building it out or not building it out, but building it up and uh, getting agents on our team, getting admin and getting it going. Amazing stuff, Scott. You dropped a lot of good nuggets in there. I want to go back and cover a couple because... Mm-hmm. Like I thought it was super cool hearing about your mom and how, you know, she thought it was really important to give you time. Right. And that's something that's hard, you know, as a, as a W2, you know, you spend a lot of time away. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and so like having a mom that thought it was that important, especially a single mom to, to create a lifestyle where she could, you know, raise her kids. Like, I think that's pretty cool. Um, I also thought it was really cool that you, you wanted to pay your own way. What, what gave you that, like, pay your own way, help out your mom mindset? Do you, do you know what made you Honestly, feel that way? Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't even pay my own way. It was like, I wanted to, immediately, I got this idea where I was like, if there's an uncomfortable situation, I think this comes from my whole idea where it's like, I do what I say I'm going to do. So I believe in myself. Mm-hmm. But I think one of the things was we were like in a financially troubled spot when I was mm-hmm. young. And so I was like, I felt like I was the man of the house at this point. I was like, I'm a capable man, even though I was like 12. And I was like, why am I not fulfilling, you know, the need in this house? Like there's a need to take the burden of what I'm like my expense. And I was like, that's what I need to do. I need to do that. And so it was fun. And I really enjoyed. And I think that's still something I live by. It's like when you have the capabilities, which everybody does, Mm-hmm. To take on the the burden of themselves, if you will, or uh, even to take care of other people, you really need to do it. And the easiest way for me to do that from what I could see was to cover as many of my own expenses as possible. So sure. really from the time I was like 13 on, I really didn't ask my mom for anything. I was just like, this is, I'll provide for myself and that will be the enriching and the cool part of my youth will be that right. I was able to cover a lot of my own expenses. And I also knew that by learning this early, I feel like I've always been kind of introspective in that way where I was like, if I'm learning this now, like, where will I be later on? Sure. And so for me, 
I think from growing up in a position where I didn't have a lot of like money and a lot of financial and like intelligence in my family, I learned that that was not going to be me. I was like, there's a lot of stress that comes into this house that doesn't need to be here. And so I, that's kind of where my original financial drive came from. Mm -hmm. I was like, this will not be the way that my family operates. Like I will, and that starts now, you know, like I will sure. start doing things that are proactive to start taking care of this issue. And so I realized early on that a lot of issues that arise in your life and a lot of stresses are caused by financial issues. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, if I can find a way to create extreme wealth and generational wealth in my life, then I'll be able to take care of my family for generations, you know, not just my kids, but my kids, kids and my kids, sure. kids, kids. Yeah. And so I was like, I don't want my generations to ever have to worry about the things that I did, even though they are the, I mean, those things are the reason I am where I'm at. So that was kind of one of the things I really focused on as a young person. And one of the reasons I am where I'm at. Yeah. If you're listening right now, one, that's some amazing mindset. Go, go back, rewind that and re-listen and, if you're not following Scott, you got to go follow him. He's on Instagram at Scott Wheaton, S-C-O-T-T-W-H-E-A-T-O-N underscore at Scott Wheaton underscore on Instagram and just at Scott Wheaton everywhere else, Facebook, LinkedIn, et cetera. But um, one of the things you said that really stuck out to me, this, this mindset, Scott, it took like, I'm just learning this as a 30 year old, right? So uh, everybody says the best time to start is 10 years ago. The second best times today. So, you, you know, the advice mm -hmm. they gave you of just jumping in and get going man is awesome, but everybody learns in their own time. Right. So, you know, if I had heard it 10 years ago, you know, I probably would have just it probably would have just gone over my head. Right. Yeah. I wasn't ready yeah. to hear it, but the, the mindset of living such an inspired, fulfilled, you know, having wealth, you know, creating lifestyle, leading a life like that gives you a platform to help people. And that's, you know, most people Absolutely. who who are sitting on the outside looking at entrepreneurs like yourself or successful people out in the world, they think they're like greedy for money or like, and, and of course, yeah, you got to make money. But the question is, why do you make the money? Do you make the money? Cause you just hoarding money. No, they're, they're giving hundreds, thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of people, jobs, homes, you know, you're providing people with, you know, good advice, tips, you're writing books, like, it's all about what are you doing with this money? And if you don't create a reputation for yourself and give and have that credibility, you know, you're, you're not going to be able to help as many people. Mm -hmm. You know what well, I mean? What, what feels worse than like being powerless, to be honest with you, like when you're in a bad situation and there's nothing you can do about it, like, and that's coming from somebody who loves to act on things. Like I love, I'm a fixer. Like when something bad happens, I'm like, jump on it, figure out how I can fix it. Mm -hmm. But even as a young kid, I was like, you know, I would have, I'd go to the dentist. I'd find out I had like some huge expense and it, my mom would be super upset about it. Cause she's sure. like, well, shit, this is a huge expense. And I couldn't do anything. I felt powerless. I was like, this is not how I want to live my life. Right. And I knew from that moment on, I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to ever be a greedy person. I'm never going to be the type of person who's just like doing things just to make money. But at the end of the day, if you have money, you can help it everybody. If right. anybody ever comes to me, I want to be in a position like if somebody is like, if I have a friend or even somebody in my community who's in a really bad financial spot and they can't, they feel powerless. Right. I want them to be able to come to me and I'll, I'll be there to help, you know, but in right. order for me to be there to help, I really do need to create some extreme wealth. Right. And so that's kind of where that original drive for creating something big 
came from is I was like, in order for me to help in all facets of life, I need to have a lot of resources at my hand. I love that, man. I love that. That's so good, man. Did you deal with like, did you go through any stigma or anything dropping out of college? Like, Oh, what of was course. That? And like, yeah. So like I said, Hazlitt, Okemos, East Lansing, all these schools around here yeah, yeah. are college prep. And so yeah. I never once blamed anybody for their, I mean, everybody came to me out of care and compassion and a lot of parents in the community came to me and were like, sure, what are you doing? But <laughs> and it was like, you could tell they were like genuinely concerned for me. They were like, you should not make the choices you're making. That would have been me but back like in the I day, said, man. I'd have probably, I'd yeah. have probably steered you away. <laughs> exactly. But the thing is, and so I, I'm able to see things as they are. That's like a superpower of mine. I'd say is like, I see things clearly. Like I understand where people's motives are. And I think that that's been a very good thing for me, but the stigma was number one, I had a ton of friends. Like I said, I was in a fraternity. I had all of these people around me that were in a community with me because of my, the fact that I was in school. Yeah. And so making that decision was more than just, you know, what's my future. It was, what's my present, you know, like the, there's a lot of things that hold me where I'm at right now, but they're also holding me where I'm at and I don't want to be here forever. Right. And so as soon as I figured out what I wanted to do, I knew based on the things I've already accomplished in life that I'd be fine. Like I mentioned, like I have hundred percent surety in myself. So I start getting these calls from concerned community members that are like, good God, Scott, what are you doing? Like, you can't drop out of school. Like I just heard from my son that you're dropping out. And I work at a company where I'm in charge of hiring and I'll never be able to hire you. And I remember one call specifically, and that was basically the premise of it is it was a lady I've known for a really long time. We ended up having like a 30 minute conversation on the phone. And she was just like, I'm really concerned that you're going to put yourself in a bad position. And she's Mm -hmm. like, you're never going to go back to school. Like that's never going to happen. Once you make this decision, it's likely that this is where you're going to end up. And she was like, and I have a lot of sympathy for you. Like I know where you're coming from. You have a desire to create wealth quickly because you know, you come from a single mom who's, you know, might not be able to retire if you don't create good wealth. And she was like, I get that you feel like you're in a position where you need to, to rush and to get this, get things going quickly. But she's like, the path that you're choosing is going to put a lot of barriers in your way. And I was like, I'm going to be honest with you. I have no interest in ever working for you, number one. So you're you telling me that I will never be able to get a job for you is fine. And yeah. number two, I'm the type of guy who loves burning bridges behind me because then I have no other choice but to succeed. And so I was like, me taking a leap of faith on myself is the safest bet I can make. Me putting a hundred grand into MSU is just going to give me a crutch, number one, where Mm -hmm. I'm going to be, I'm always going to have a backup plan. And number two, I'm going to be in tons of debt and probably be in the exact same spot as I'm at right now. And so regardless of the stigma and regardless of the way that the community sees your options, you need to be smart enough to take a step back and look at what the reality is and be like, okay, here's my options. Right. Now what's best for me and not what's best for everybody else or mm-hmm. what does everybody else think is best for me? You know, what's best for you and you know what you're capable of. And so, like mm-hmm. I said, I think the biggest thing in my life has probably been me keeping my word to myself, because if I, if I had any doubt in myself, I never would have been able to do the things I've done. But since I've always held myself to a high standard Mm -hmm. and I'm probably my biggest critic, I think that that has been 
one of the best things because I've always been 100% sure on myself and I've always taken massive bets on myself. So yeah. that was what got me past that stigma and got me like through those phone calls where I'm sitting with people who I know care about <laughs> me and think they're doing what's think they're doing what's best for me. But really, it's yeah. just pumping me up. And I'm like, you know, one day you're going to be congratulating me and you're going to act like this conversation never happened. Yeah, and I'm OK with that because you're going to say like you supported you're... me all the way. Exactly. And there's a lot of people who will say that, but, and that's the thing that, I mean, even parents, like whether your parents are super supportive or not, there's going to be parents out there. If there's kids that are watching this, that are in a similar situation mm -hmm. to where I was. I mean, there's gonna be parents that are going to put you down a little bit and tell you that it's not the right choice. Cause it's not what they're, what they know and what they've done. Sure. But when they made their decisions, they were in the same spot as you. So it's like, mm -hmm. you have the right to make decisions that you think are in your best interest and that, you know, you're going to succeed at. And there's always risk. Obviously there's risk in everything you do, sure. but it's just believing that what you say you're going to do, you're going to do. And that comes with a lot of accountability and self-accountability. And that can start early. Like yeah. when I was young, I started being very self, like I, I held myself accountable for everything I did and everything I said I was going to do, I would do. Mm -hmm. And that's why I was able to take massive bets on myself without thinking about what other people were saying, even if they were smarter or older or had been through more things. Yeah. I knew what I was capable of. So when people came to me, I wasn't concerned. I love that mindset, Scott. Dude, the the taking advice from people thing, you know, take it, listen and and pay attention. Honor the people you love, your parents, right? Like you got to listen to them, respect their opinion. But I keep going back to that guy that dropped out of college that you talked to that was giving you real estate advice, right? Like, you know, did he tell you to go to college for four years? So. Actually, that's an interesting point because I went to him and I was like, I actually called him a week later. And I was like, I'm dropping all my classes. Like, I just want to thank you for the conversation. Like, this isn't because of you. I've been thinking about this for a long time. Don't get me wrong. But like, you just gave me like, a, basically like you gave me an opportunity to look through a window at what my life could be. Mm -hmm. And you just showed me the social proof that this is possible. And he was like, dude, he's like, don't drop out of school. And I was like, I'm going to. And he was like, <laughs> you are in for a world of hell for the next 10 years. And I was like, what do you mean? And I realized that he's at a position in his life where he's had a lot of privileges and has created a lot of amazing things, but he's also been through the world of entrepreneurship. And one thing that I've learned from talking to people who are entrepreneurs, especially, mm -hmm. is that your ambition gets beaten down as you go through things. So like it gets like when you're young and you're bold and you haven't really had that many things hit you in the face, it's easy to take massive risks. But when you have been through a lot of, you know, traumatic experiences in business, or you've been through a lot of bad partnerships or whatever it is, you get really skeptical and your ambition kind of slowly dies and you, you become a little bit complacent, typically. <laughs> Not everybody's like this, but sure. that's just typically. Yeah. And so even he was like, I would not take the path that I took, but I had to because I was not in a position where I had any other options. And I was like, sure. to be honest with you, I don't feel like I have any other options. I feel like this is my, like the best bet for me. Right. And so, and like I said, I knew I wasn't, wasn't good at school. I had talked to several people and I love hearing people's ideas. I love hearing yeah, people's yeah. thought processes. And I talked to a bunch of people and the, like one of the guys was like, figure out what your superpower is, whatever it is, find it and double down on it. He's like, whatever you're good at, double down on it. And so I was like, this is my opportunity to put all my chips on the table and say, I'm going to succeed. And when you make a big bet, especially on yourself, you're going to pull it off. So 
I love that, man. That's, that's another perspective, man. Cause like a lot of the approaches to training or, you know, like back in baseball days, right. You're always working on stuff you're not good at. Like that's what you're yeah. always working on. And as opposed to like, you see a lot of these superstars, right? Like big home run hitters, they strike out all the time. Right. But nobody cares yeah. cause they're good at hitting home runs. Right. So like, you got to focus on your superpower. Like you said, man, I absolutely love that, that approach and that mindset. I do think it's funny though, that that guy tells you to go to college. Well, yeah. And like I said, it's where I was kind of going with that mindset, man, is like the, you got to find people that are doing what you want to do and living how you want to live. And then, you know, those are the people you need to be listening to. Right. Like I, I, I remember going to somebody and asking them about a real estate deal that I was doing and, they gave me some advice and I was just kind of questioning it. And I went and bounced it off another couple of people I know in real estate. And they were like, nah, they're, they're way off. Right. But like this person was close to me. They love me. You know, they want to know what's best for me, but they, they aren't in real estate. They aren't doing real estate deals. Like, why am I going to listen yeah. to them about, about real estate? And that, that finding people that are doing what you want to do and living how you want to live, emulating them, you know, maybe even not always listening to them, but taking their advice and, you know, they might be able to help, help you avoid some of that hurt. Right. Like I know you're passionate about Absolutely. helping people and steering some young, some young folks in real estate, real design, redesign these days. What, tell me a little bit about your passion for mentorship and, and how you yeah. approach that sort of thing. So I, I'm, I've so much faith in mentorship. I love it to death. It's just important to have a lot of mentors, not just one because everybody's flawed and you won't see that if you're just talking to one person. But when Mm -hmm. you get, like you said, get opinions from multiple people, that's when you can kind of piece together your own version of what you want to do. And like, I didn't say one of I had a couple like early on experiences where I had good mentors and it changed my life. And so from that point on, I was like mentor, mentor, mentor. Like I want every bit of information I can get from everybody, especially from people that have done the things I want to do. And, um, one of the first mentors I would say I had was a guy in my neighborhood that lived down the road from me. My dad wasn't super involved in my life. So like, I never really got like the man's taste on, you know, living in this world. Yeah. Not to interrupt you. What's the scoop on your dad? Um, we just weren't really that close growing up. My parents were divorced. So Mm -hmm. I just, my mom was the one who raised me and that was just kind of the reality of it. Okay. But the good thing was that I had these men around me that kind of taught me who I wanted to be. Yeah. So one of them was this guy that lived down the street from me and he was this badass guy who rode a motorcycle, (laughs) pretty much the epitome of what I thought a man was. And so I was like, I love to, I love to listen to this guy and just hear what he has to say. Yeah. And so similar to Dom, I had some bullying when I was young and I had no idea how to deal with it because from my mom's perspective, she was like, just avoid them. Like you don't want to cause any problems. That's not who you are. And so that was her advice. And I, it didn't get me anywhere. I was like, I can't avoid them. They're on my football team. Like I'm getting my ass kicked every day. Like <laughs> there's no avoiding them. And if I avoid them, then I just got to quit. And that's not, that's not me. And so I went down to this guy's house, was just telling him about it. Cause that's who I am. I open up. I'm like, I need advice. That's just the way I approach a situation. I'm like, I need advice. Just tell me what you think. And I'll decide if it's what I want to do. And he was like, why are you putting yourself in a position where you're bullyable? He's like, if you're, if you're putting yourself in a position where you're, where people are able to target you and bully you, that's kind of on you. And I was like, that seems backwards. Like, what do you mean? And he's like, especially if they're picking on you in a football setting, he's like, 
Scott, one thing you need to learn is that like you're wherever you're at right now is that's fine, but you have the position to put yourself wherever you want to be. And he was like, all right, this season's coming up to an end. You have four months to completely transform who you are and turn around and not take any crap from these dudes. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, train with me this summer. Like I'm going to put a certain little like, you know, fire inside you. That's not going to let this happen. And so that summer, so like up until this point, I was the worst football player on the team. We had the same coaches like for several years in a row. And so I went crazy. Like I would run three miles every day. I was doing a bunch of push-ups. I'm like eight or nine at this point, maybe 10, 11. I don't know. I was young. And so I was just like, I'm going to give this everything I have. And if it doesn't work, that's fine. It's a life lesson, but I'm going to see what happens. So I just went crazy. And then the, the first day of football finally comes around and I've put in so much work. I'm hundred percent certain on myself. I'm like, this is it. I've done everything I can. And nobody else here has been doing anything all summer. So I'm like, this is my time to shine. And so he drives me to football practice and he's like, these kids. So we had a bunch of hitting drills and stuff. And like how I was getting bullied is these kids, they knew I was the smallest kid on the field. So we had hitting drills, we were in line and they would cut line to go against me. And then they would just beat the crap out of me and laugh at me. And I'm like, (laughs) I hate this sport. So then the first day of practice, he takes me, my neighbor takes me to practice and he goes, Hey, um, when you get up there, like to the hitting drills, he's like, you're going to cut line to go against the guy you're most scared of. And I was like, all right, whatever, let's see what happens. So I do. And I like pancaked him. And I was like, that's where my original like certainty in myself came from is I was like, if you decide where you want to be and you decide that you're not going to give up till you're there, then when that day comes, you have a hundred percent certainty in yourself. You know, nobody has done what you've done to get there. Right. And so that was one of my first mentors. And I learned kind of from him, the whole like sheepdog philosophy from uh, like American sniper similarly. Yeah. And he's like, he's basically like, you don't have to be a bully. You don't have to be a jerk. He's like, I don't want you to be the wolf, but he's like, you're not going to be the sheep, you know, like you need to be capable of defending other people who are in a spot like you were. Right. And so like, there's a certain mentality you have to have, I think as a man and as a person, that you're not going to take crap from people. You can't be a vulnerable person to be successful in this world. But at the same time, you need to have compassion and things like that. And I never would have learned that if I didn't have that mentor. It would have taken me a lot longer, at least. And I think it's an important thing to learn at a young age. Sure. So that mentor was super important to me. And then as I got into real estate, I had other mentors. Um, I was huge into working out in my you know, high school years. And I had some people who devoted a ton of time to help me out. Mm-hmm. And it leaves when somebody helps you and doesn't expect anything else it leaves a certain taste in your mouth where you're like, that might be the best person I've ever met in my life. Like they yeah. just gave me something that is going to change who I am and they're not asking for anything back. Yeah. And so then I got in real estate, had some good mentors, but my first year I came in and I was just like, I want to make a hundred thousand dollars. Like I need to just hit this number so that I know I like accomplished what I wanted to. And then I can just keep growing from there. And I was there, like I said, Dom and I were working like 65, 70 hour weeks but it kind of felt like our wheels were spinning because we didn't have great mentorship as far as like how to sell houses as a new person. Right. Because the head of our team had been in the industry for 15, 20 years mm-hmm. and all of his business was just referral. So he had, mm-hmm. he didn't know, you know, like it's not yeah. like he didn't want to help us, but he just did not know how to train 19 year olds on how to overcome the crap we were dealing with. Sure. And so it literally felt like I was on a treadmill. I was just working my butt off and couldn't get anywhere because I was working in the wrong spots. And so that's when we started talking about, you know, getting our team started and we were figuring out, you know, how to get past these things on our own, just through Mm -hmm. trial and error. And I was like, that is the perfect 
opportunity for mentorship is yeah. this, this idea where it's like, we've got young people who are driven. Mm-hmm. We know that we have the proven systems and processes and if they follow them and if we guide them correctly, mm-hmm. they're going to have instant success. Right. And I was like, what is more frustrating as a young person who's driven and wants to come out and work mm-hmm. than to have no guidance and just have to keep screwing up all the time and just, you know, learn by failing. Yeah. I was like, that's the most frustrating thing to somebody who's driven and has some insane goals. Sure. So I was like, let's take that idea and build out an intense training and Im- like impose our brand to them, which highlights the fact that we're young people instead of let's hinder us mm-hmm. and let's build up the people and take bets on people who we can see are going to be successful if we give them the right tools. Sure. Because I mean, in real estate, you got 80% of people dropping out in the first year. The reason for that is that there's no guidance. You know, nobody has a person around that's invested in making them successful. Yeah. And so for us, I was like, our goal should be to step away from sales. Like we should make our goal to not be realtors and not be competing with our teammates, but it should be to find people who show us the qualities that we know are required Mm -hmm. to be successful in this industry and show us the drive that we know is required and um, really teach them everything they need to. And then, you know, how could we lose any agents? You know, if, if we yeah. give people the tools to become successful and we give people like fair splits, sure. then we know that these people are going to in turn love us and help us grow this brand. And that's what we really wanted. So I love that, man. You, um, you know, when you're thinking about mentorship, one, one piece of advice that one of my mentors gave me was lead the hungry and don't drag the lazy. And, exactly. you know, you run into people and when I hear these real estate numbers, I think of all these people like, oh, you know, I'm going to go be a real estate agent, but they don't really know what it takes. They're not, they're not ready to put in the effort and the 65, 70 hour weeks. Yeah. They're not willing to do what's required. And then they don't see a result like they think they should see. And like, you know, they're not getting some steady paycheck like they might be used to. And so they just, you know, they just quit after a year, but like, like your uh, entrepreneur, mentor guy who dropped out of college right he he's like man it was it was hard times for me for those first like 10 years right and that, that's yeah. the part of entrepreneurship that most people don't see they see the success at the end and they don't see the grind for the first you know two three five ten like you know some of the most successful people i know ate it for 10 years before they were really yeah. successful right like that, that's, that's a piece of entrepreneur mindset that, you know, I just think it's important for people to understand, like, it's not just, Hey, you're going to jump in this and, and it's going to blow up. You know, there's no such thing as get rich quick, but there's get rich slow, which is better than get rich. But never. The reason that that is such a common idea right now is because of social media in my, in my mindset, at least is everybody wants to make it look like they had overnight success. And I don't know why. I mean, there's still some great mentors out there who are real, you know, they're like, I worked my butt off this entire time, but I don't know why people discount the work that they put into things. Because like Mm -hmm. you said, there is no such thing as get rich quick, but people portray it as if they had overnight success. Right. And I think that's just like the celebrity idea is that people want to make it look like they're abnormal. Like right. they didn't have to do the things that everybody else has to do to get where they're at, but sure. they did. And so real mentorship is important. Finding people who are real and have done these things and are in a similar situation to you is really important because otherwise you have this fictional mindset where it's like, I'm going to put in a little bit of work. I'm going to have a brilliant idea and it's going to take off. Right. The world does not work that way. The world, mm-hmm. like, you know, you get 
benefits only come to those who put in a crap load of work. And I'll tell you, working can be fun too. If you find something that's fulfilling, I personally would rather work for a good reward and something that's fulfilling over just about anything else. Like I, yeah. I love working. I, I don't mind the hard work. It's enjoyable. I really enjoy it. And I'd rather do it than most things, Yeah. but that's because it's fulfilling and I'm accomplishing the things I want. Mm. So it's like the hard work is the reality, but it doesn't have to be something that you're not enjoying Sure. and people don't portray it that way. So as I grow as a mentor, that's something I'm going to point out to people is that this mm -hmm. is not a cakewalk. You know, mm -hmm. this is extremely difficult. Every step of the way, you have no idea what you're doing, but slowly you realize no, nobody else knows what they're doing either. So Bingo. it's really not that big of a deal. Right on, man. Hey, so. I loved what you said and, and your mentor told you, don't put yourself in a position to be bullyable. And I was thinking yeah. about this the other day, cause you know, after Dom came on, he was talking about bullying and I made a post about bullying and I'm trying, I was trying to see, like, I I've never been bullied. Like, I don't, I guess I've maybe yeah. gone through some psychological bullying. I've always been a bigger guy though. You know what I mean? So like, yeah. you know, I, I've just never really gone through like physical bullying, I guess. But I was thinking of, of a story and, and that reminded me of it. Kid in high school. Did y'all like ball tap each other in high school? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that was like, that was like, like a thing, thing. Yeah. that came out. I never really was like big on it, but people, people would do it. <laughs> and uh, this kid ball tapped me one day. And I freaking grabbed him and picked him up. And we had these like locker banks that were like, you know, like shoulder height. And I was like about to throw this kid over the locker bank and like some people like grabbed him and pulled me down. But nobody ever ball tapped me again after that. And uh, exactly. but I, I just really like, you know, being a thermostat and not a thermometer, you know, set even in a conversation. It doesn't have to be bullying, but like having the mindset that you're going to set the temperature in the room. I think it's exactly. such a good mindset to have. Like, you're not going to let other people control you, bully you, manipulate you. You're in control. You can leave. You can do what you need to yeah. do to create the lifestyle you want. And you don't have to rely on other people to give it to you. Right. Absolutely. And that's just being sure of yourself. Right. I mean, knowing that what you feel and what you believe is worth acting on. And so like, even I think a lot of people learn this at a young age. And I think I probably would have probably could have avoided a lot of this if I had the right mentorship around me at the start, but I learned from my situation and that's fine. A lot yeah, of people yeah, yeah. learn that way. Sure. And it was, it was one of the most important things to this day. Like as a maybe sixth grader, I learned one of the most important lessons in my life, which is, you know, take action and don't let people mess with you. And you have to be a certain force to, be reckoned with for people not to take advantage of you. And that's just the world we live in sure. is there's a, there's certain people who don't have that ability to um, take action and stand up mm -hmm. for themselves when they need to. And it's kind of on the other people to stand up for them sometimes and show them that it is, there's ways to take care of these situations and yeah. not just let them continue. Cause if you just sit there and let people take advantage of you, then you learn that that's okay. And it's not, yeah. okay. you can't right. let people take advantage of you. Because then you just see this crazy outlook of the world where it's like, oh, there's just sharks and there's fish. Yeah. That's not the way it goes. You know, I love that. You you know, that sheepdog mentality you mentioned, man. Yeah. I've heard that in like, uh, you know, shooting classes and things yeah. down here in, in Texas. Right. You know, we we uh, yeah. we love our guns, but we'll uh, yeah. we <laughs> when you're going through some of those classes, man, like you, you learn that you don't want a fight. Right. Like, and that's, no. that's the thing you don't want to fight, but, but you're the sheepdog and you're there to protect if, yeah. if something yeah. goes wrong. So 
you know, I absolutely love that man. I'm conscious of your time. This has been super fun, brother. I want to give you an opportunity to share kind of one last piece of mindset with our audience. And I want you to have the perspective of, you know, I, I wish I could go back and hear conversations with my grandpa, my great grandpa, you know, like I see their pictures, right. You know, you might have a newspaper or clipping or something from some article back in the day, but how cool would it be if you could watch your great grandpa talking yeah. with uncle Scott Absolutely. Wheaton, you know, like what would you want to leave the next future generations with if they end up hearing this somewhere down the road? That's a big question. I'm a huge, like, I, I believe in legacy. I think that that's something that I, I mean, we only have a short time on this earth and I want to make a difference. So um, I hope that I do leave things behind that my generations and my family can look back on. But one of them I think is just never settling, you know, like, in every aspect of your life, people tell you, no matter where you're at in life, people always tell you balance, you need balance. And I think that's one of the most comical ideas on the planet as a competitive and driven person. I'm like, I don't want balance because then I'm average at everything I do. I don't want to be average at anything I do. And so it's about prioritizing. And uh, there's this really good book that I've read. I don't, I'm not going to swear on here, but there's a cuss in the title of the book, but it's the subtle art of not giving enough. And basically what it, what it goes into is finding the things that are worth caring about and giving hundred percent at those things. So like one thing that I've done through meditation and other things is I've figured out my top five pillars, you know, the things in my life that I'm not okay with settling on. Mm -hmm. And I devote all my time and energy to making sure that I'm giving hundred percent at all of those things. So whether it be business, family, your personal relationships, your romantic relationship and your physical health. Those are just like some examples, but sure. you should never settle for any of those things. You should figure out what you want out of each of them and give a hundred percent. The idea of, you know, having balance immediately erases that idea where it's like, now you're just settling for 30% at each of those things. Cause you only have a hundred percent to give. Right. It's like, that's not true. You control everything you do every single day. You control your energy every day too. get more sleep. You can do more. So it's like figuring out that you're not going to have to settle in life, mm -hmm. despite what the world tells you, because the world is full of a lot of people who settle every single day. And some of the people who have the biggest voices and are the people you hear all the time are people who settle. So it's like, you don't have to settle just because that's the norm. Find the things that you care about and find where you want to be and hold yourself accountable. Don't give up on it. Love it, brother. Love it. Y'all, if y'all are listening, if you are on here and you just heard Scott, go back, rewind it, listen to it again, share it out. Super good mentality. People need to hear this stuff. If you're not following Scott, go follow him at Scott Wheaton underscore on Instagram at Scott Wheaton everywhere else, Facebook, LinkedIn, and go and check out their website, real estate redesigned Inc.com. Scott, it's been a pleasure, brother. Good chatting with you, man. Yeah, it's and, been awesome. Uh, and if anybody has any questions as, you know, a young person interested in entrepreneurship, Dominic and I are the people to reach out to because we've been doing this for the last few years. And I think we've learned some things that we were not able to go over in such a short period of time. But reach out to us, uh, DM us on social media. We're happy to chat with you. All right, Scott. Thanks, brother. Thanks so much, Phil. Thank Have you. a good one. If you think someone would benefit from hearing this episode or any of this content, please share it and send them over to goleadeverything.com to learn more. 
It has been amazing to hear about all the individuals who listen to and are getting value from the content here at GLE. Thank you for your support. You are the reason we do what we do. See you next time and go 